Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the eighth day of August 2023. Happy Tuesday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Don't forget, you can win autographed books and get extra content, support the show in general, and just alleviate all that guilt that you probably feel for getting such awesome content for nothing at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com, whichever you prefer. It's the same stuff most of the time. And anything that's different is going to be at Patreon because Locals has weird restrictions on things you can post. And uh, so I'll just make it open to everybody on Patreon if in it does. If in there's something I can't upload to both. So you, you don't miss out on anything. Appreciate the hell out of the support. All right. Got a bunch of things to talk about. A bunch of little, not little things, but a, a bunch of quick sort of hits things. And I don't know if you remember Neo, you know Neo. Neo's a rapper. You probably don't know Neo. I had to refresh my, I knew the name, but I was like, what do I know? You got to refresh the name. He said something. I don't even know what it was, but I got to just give a shout out at the top of the show for this because the dude stepped up. The dude stepped up and pimp slapped his publicist which is always good to do because one thing you'll discover when you deal with famous people, if you ever deal with famous people, and you're probably better off if you don't deal with famous people, but if you ever deal with famous people is their people are terrible. Their people. Their people. The time when I was in the Senate, there were certain members. Conrad Burns was just uh, anybody could talk. He didn't care. He was just like if you were a jerk to somebody, he'd tell you to knock it off i never really saw anybody be a jerk to anybody around him when somebody was trying to talk to him but he wasn't afraid of anybody he didn't need protection from anybody he was just like don't be a jackass you know grow the hell up be nice like joe biden pretended to be when he's like if i ever see you disrespect anybody i'll fire you and then he's cursing out everybody on his staff when nobody's around because he's a pile of human garbage well the like the time i met donald trump the first time I met, the second time I met Donald Trump, it was very, very brief, and it was just to get him to sign a book, and there was a crowd of people around. But the first time I ever met him, I was, this was, this was the same week as the escalator ride. He had just, I don't know, a, it was less than a week before he announced his candidacy in 2015. He was slated to speak, and he'd been slated to speak for a while, at the Maryland Republican dinner, wherever the hell, I don't even remember where it was. My kid asked me the other, Quinn asked me the other day where it was I met President Trump. And I'm like, I don't, I don't remember. For some reason, I feel like it might have been in Annapolis or near Annapolis somewhere or near the airport. I don't, I honestly don't remember. But whatever it was, there was a, uh, the dinner and there was a VIP room. And I was a radio personality at the time of note in the state until all these radio stations just decided to go hyper-local, like super-duper local. Like, hey, it's not working over there. Let's try and imitate them. Or they, you know, I was a diversity fire in the last job. They wanted to celebrate diversity, and now they're going down with the ship because, you know, that doesn't help you actually be good at radio. But um, and the, the bosses aren't going to fire themselves. That was the only other alternative because they were doing the other show. But um, 
Trump was the thing that was going to be a, a grip and grin line where there's a photographer and a uh, and, uh, like an area with a backdrop and Trump was going to come in before the dinner and everybody was lined up and before Trump even got there he was running late which I don't know how you're late when you're flying on your own plane but he was running late and uh, he his people or somebody probably more Maryland State Republican Party people comes in and makes clear do not try to talk to Donald Trump do not try and engage we're just going to get him he's just going to get in there and then he's going to shake hands with you you take the picture and you get the hell out of the way GTFO if you don't know what that means ask somebody under 40 GTFO snap the picture get out that was it. Do not make eye contact. Do not do this, that, and the other thing. That was it. That was all there. Everybody was ordered to do that. Well, I didn't give a damn about getting a picture with Donald Trump. I didn't, I didn't care. I don't want my picture. I don't like aspire to get my picture taken with anybody. I know I met these people. I wanted books signed. I had Art of the Deal and some other book. And so I was there with my producer at the time, Ryan, and we both had one book. He didn't want a picture taken either. He was there mostly because I couldn't carry two books and get them signed. So he was like in line. He didn't. He couldn't have cared less if he'd tried. So we get up there and everybody's like on notice. They kept reminding everybody, just a picture. Get the hell out of here. Get out of here. Then in comes Trump. In comes Ivanka. Whole nother story. Uh, Ivanka, beautiful woman. And the uh trump just starts talking to everybody this is why people love donald trump trump just starts talking to everybody he's up there and he's the one starting conversations we'd just been yelled at by somebody his advanced team or whatever don't make shut up just picture get out and then here he is just talking to everybody like a normal human being he's got that ability it doesn't come across that well on tv but in person it comes across really well. So I go up there. I don't, somebody might have snapped a picture. I don't know. I never bothered to check. I went up there and said, you know, hey, nice to meet you. Good luck. Blah, blah, blah. Introduced myself. He autographed the book. Thank you very much. Moved on. Producer comes up. Same sort of thing. Autographed the book. Moved on. And so I got it. And it was like he couldn't have been nicer. He could not have been nicer. If you wanted to have a longer conversation and monopolize the time, you easily could have. That's just not who I am. I, I don't want to make a whole bunch of people wait or whatever, but people were taking their time and Trump didn't go like, hey, you know what? We got to get moving. There was none of that stuff. So when you see something that a, you can tell whether or not a real human being, see, I'm bringing it back to what I'm talking about. You can't tell whether or not a real human being said it or is responsible for it or it's just staff. Because a lot of people working for somebody famous, they like to be the hard ass. They think that it ingratiates themselves to the person who's famous. Maybe it does. It depends on the individual person. But normally, most people, when they see it, are like, what the hell's wrong with you? Just calm down. Let people alone. So you see celebrities, you see other members of Congress, you see this a lot in the House. A whole bunch of people in the House of Representatives do nothing. There are 435 members of the House, 435 seven or eight or something like that. Actually, if you count the U.S. territories that don't get a vote and don't matter, but they still have members and staff. And everybody who works for them thinks that their member is wildly important. If you've ever seen St. Elmo's Fire, the Judd Nelson 
characters like that's congressman johnson or whatever it's key guy is super important but congressman johnson unless he's speaker of the house doesn't matter there are like 10 people in the house total who matter at all none matter anywhere close to the speaker but various committee chairmen if you're just not a committee chairman on one of the big committees or the ranking member you literally don't don't matter you literally don't matter. It's pathetic. You might be all over TV. Maybe you're really good on TV. You've ingratiated yourself to whichever network it is. But you don't matter. And you never will unless you get into leadership. That's just the way the house is set up. I don't mean it to be rude or mean to any of these people. But, you know, you got to be honest. But their staffs think that their bosses are awesome and wildly important. And so they all walk around like they, they're their poop don't stink, right? Like their farts smell like roses. And so they are a-holes, jackasses, whatever you want to call them, on behalf of the members. Now, a lot of members love the power and the the butt kissing because that's really all they get is people kissing their butts, low-level staffers kissing their butts. They're like, well, this is pretty good. That's why a lot of them have affairs with those low-level staffers. But it is... It's usually the staff that are the jackasses. It's usually the staffs that initiate the press releases, the statements or whatever, unless it's something really earth-shattering too. But in celebrity world, the publicity team, they act proactively. Their job is to protect or do what they view as protecting their client. If you watch Entourage and watch how Shauna a character played by Debbie Mazar uh, comes across. It's kind of like that, preemptively keeping things out of the news, trying to spin things, whatever. Well, Neo was on some, did some interview where he mentioned that he's not a big fan of slicing the genitals off of children, of letting children make these decisions, even though they're not really making, you can steer a child to a decision and all the while fool yourself and or everybody else around you into thinking that, no, 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 the child is spearheading this. Like, no, your vanity is spearheading this, you monster. Well, so, of course, the left-wing mob went nuts over Neo's fairly innocuous comments. Then this was tweeted out by Neo. After much, it said, I'd like to express my deepest apologies, ellipsis. Oh, and then there's a picture of Neo on stage holding a microphone. It says, after much reflection, I'd like to express my deepest apologies to anyone that I may have hurt with my comments on parenting and gender identity. I have always been an advocate for love and inclusivity in the LGBTQI plus community. So you, you know it's you know it's a publicist because nobody knows that many letters in the thing, and they certainly don't know the plus. So I understand how my comments could have been interpreted as insensitive and offensive. Gender identity is nuanced, and I can honestly admit that I plan to better educate myself on the topic so I can approach future conversations with more empathy. At the end of the day, I lead with love and support everyone's freedom of expression and pursuit of happiness, end quote. Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. It's all this hippie crap. And so people started attacking Neo on, criticizing Neo on social media. He's like, God, you, you coward. You absolute coward. Give me a break, you wuss, you baby. Well, 
Neo went back onto his social media accounts. Neo went and got himself <laughs> the password or whatever because um, the publicist did the publicity thing. I want you to listen to this Neo video. And you got to say, there's a little bit of like, I'm going to look into it, but I ain't going to really change my mind. But it is straight up, no, F you. I don't care. Shut up. I don't apologize. And he actually doesn't call him out by name because you probably wouldn't know who it is. He pimp slaps the publicist. Not by name again because you don't know who it is. But I say he says that the, they wrote this statement. And for that, I love it. And for that, I think it's worth listening to. What's going on, loved ones? This is Neo. All right, listen. I normally don't give too much of a damn about what y'all think, about what I do, what y'all have to say about what I say, whatever. I normally don't care because, like I said, opinions ain't special. Everybody got one. However, this is something I feel very strongly on, and I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. I'm absolutely entitled to feel how I feel the same way you are entitled to feel how you feel. I ain't asked nobody to follow me. I ain't asked nobody to agree with me. I was asked a question and I answered the damn question. Okay. I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever. I ain't got no beef with y'all. Do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Do what you want to do with your kids. However, Somebody asked my opinion on this matter, and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. I don't. I, I definitely plan to educate myself a little bit more on this matter. However, I doubt that there's any book anywhere or any opinion that somebody's going to tell me that's going to make me okay with letting a child make a decision like that. That's just period, point blank, and that's how I feel. If I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? And I got no problem with that. I'm a hustler. All right? I'll figure it out. I got kids to raise, and I'm going to do that regardless. So with that being said, y'all have a good day. I love everybody. Live how you want to live. Love how you want to love. But your opinion is yours. Speak your opinion as much as you damn well feel like it. Because as I said, they're not important. They're not special. Everybody got one, and you're entitled to it. I'm entitled to mine. All right? Y'all feel how y'all want to feel. Have a great day. It's Neo. Peace and love. Amen, brother. Amen. I love it. Not a hell with you. Not don't you hear it from my mouth and not the publicist's computer. Not the publicist's computer. Boom. Nice big back of the hand right across. I think that publicist is uh, probably dodging phone calls from Neo right now or Neo's manager going, you know what? I don't want to take this call. If I can make it to the weekend somehow without having to actually talk to him, maybe I won't get fired. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. All right. On to other news, just because there is other news that's going on there. I said this the other day when I was talking about the, what was this? What's his face? Um, Ron DeSantis interview with Brett Baer on Fox. They gave, the DeSantis campaign gave Fox News a lot of publicity, or I mean a lot of time. So they recorded a very long interview. And then they had two segments on Special Report where they ran parts of the interview, edited 
parts of the interview. And I don't care who you are. If you're a politician, never agree to this. I mean, I guess if you're a Democrat, you don't have to worry about it, but never agree to this. There were things that they ask a whole, you know, say they ask 15, 20, 25 questions in the whole interview, and then they broadcast five of them. They chose the five of them. And they chose the five of them not based on what was best, what the best answers were that you gave. They chose the five of them based on what they think their audience is going to hear. That's how horrible cable news is. All of cable news, all of news is these days. So the majority of the questions that Ron DeSantis was asked that were broadcast on Special Report were about Donald Trump, including Donald Trump is really sucking all the oxygen out of the room. How do you campaign against that? Well, first of all, you grant interviews to people who don't obsessively ask about him, for one. That'd be a good start. I just love this thing. Donald Trump is getting, he's, he's, he's ahead and he's sucking all the oxygen out of the room because he's ahead, so we talk about him all the time. And we talk about him because he's ahead. And he's ahead because we talk about him. Like, yeah, do you, do you see? Do you see that you're involved in, and none of your questions have to do with actual news or what anybody would do as president, okay? Okay? What somebody thinks about another candidate is irrelevant. What do you think about the troubles of this? Can I just, you know what? I think that the American people who are going to the gas station and aren't able to fill up their tank or having difficulty at the grocery store trying to figure out which credit card has enough room on it for them to put their groceries on it until they get to their next payday. I think that's a little bit more important than what I think of another candidate, any other candidate and their legal woes. So why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about what's impacting people's lives? That would be my answer. But don't ever sit down and let them record it. Because they'll say, and Fox did it, the whole thing. It's so sad that there's always a segment, a whole segment. Like they waste 10 or 15 minutes on special report, and there ain't that much time in it, on common ground. Oh, here's some member of Congress you've never heard of, and another member of Congress from the other party that you've also never heard of, to talk about working towards a piece of legislation that will have zero impact on your life whatsoever, just to show that these two can get together. And oh, it's common ground. We even have graphics and a theme. And you can go and subscribe to my podcast. They're all heavily edited. You can subscribe to my podcast and hear the whole interview. And your podcast is nothing more than what? An ad revenue generator. It's not important. Who cares? Right? None of the, If there's something going on, then report on it. We don't need to celebrate that two adults did their jobs for once. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. I don't need to be sold on another product. I'm watching the news. If there's news, give it to me. Well, we got more news, but you're going to have to go online to get it. Why? Then it, then it can't really be all that newsy. And saying we put the whole interview online is irrelevant. Most people, the vast majority of people will never in a million years go, all right, I'm going to go online and watch the rest of that interview. Well, the DeSantis team did it again. He sat down with Good Morning America, or the Today Show. I guess it was the Today Show. Dasha Burns is her name. If, you, if that name sounds vaguely familiar, she's the uh, chick who got in trouble at NBC News with all the everybody else in journalism. Because when she she got the first interview with 
John Fetterman during the campaign, and he had to have the teleprompter set up. He had to have the teleprompter and the uh, closed captioning thing set up. And she was the one who said, oh, no, he was fine when it was that. But when we were just chit-chatting with small talk, he was absolutely lost. He didn't know what was going on. And everybody, New York Times reporters, other MSNBC employees, they all said, well, that's a lie. I've talked to John Fetterman, and it was perfectly fine. He was sharper than I was. They all rallied around John Fetterman and lied. They lied. about John Fetterman, to this day, can't understand you unless he's reading what you're saying. So he can't by very definition, this was before he'd gotten his little iPad with the closed captioning. He could not have followed along. She was reporting the honest-to-God truth, and she was attacked for it. Then she disappeared for a while from MSNBC and NBC News, and now she's reemerged, and she knows never to cross that line again. So in her interview with, John, uh, with uh, Ron DeSantis, she brought up abortion. It might, it's not really an interview. It's a debate. Listen to this chick debate Ron DeSantis on abortion, and I'll tell you the moment at which the broadcast cut off Ron DeSantis's answer. They stopped this point of the interview. They ended it. And then I'll play you the rest of it. And this is why you never in a million years agree to an interview that is not live with these evil trolls. So would you veto any sort of federal bill that tries to put a nationwide ban in place? So we will be a pro-life president and, and we will support pro-life policies. Um, I would not allow uh, what a lot of the left wants to do, which is to override pro-life protections throughout the country all the way up, really, until the moment of birth in some instances, which I think is, is infanticide. Uh, well, actually, not... i got to push back on you on that because that, that's a, a misrepresentation of, of what's happening. I mean, that 1.3% of abortions happen at 21 weeks or higher. There's no, no right. evidence of Democrats pushing for but, but abortions up is, until... Their view is, is that all the way up into that, Yet there should not be any legal protections. Uh, there is even no in the indication that you're right. That you're, you're for right. That. Well, yes. Right there, right there, right around there. They stop it. She's arguing now. What's funny is she's arguing one thing, and then she's making the opposite point simultaneously. As nobody does that, nobody, and then she gives a like one point three percent, some left wing talking point, one point three percent. I was like, wait a second. You said, you said nobody does that. If nobody, if it never happens, if that's a lie, if that's some sort of weird thing, then what is this 1.3%? No, it's a very small percentage, 1.3%. Okay, it's 1.3%. How many murders are you okay with? How many murders are you okay? It doesn't matter. It's 1.3%. It matters that it happens. The problem isn't it happens too often. The argument is that one time is too often because you're dealing with a child that could be born, could live outside the womb easily, and some leftist just decide, you know what, I'm going to kill it. To hell with it. She doesn't see it that way. She recognizes that she's got to keep her job or she's just as brainwashed as it. But I do love the people. That never happens. It's very rare. Well, those are two conflicting things. It never happens or it's very rare. Okay, well, then we can legalize 
murder by jackhammer in the middle of an interstate. What? No, why would you? Well, look, nobody's going to get murdered by a jackhammer in the middle of an interstate. Maybe one or two people. It's so rare that why would you even keep, you can't murder somebody with a jackhammer in the middle of an interstate on the books in the first place. You're just wasting time. You see? This is why you have to demand live interviews. The answer, which was all posted online, which barely anybody watched relative to the number of people who saw the Today Show and their nifty editing for, it's for time, business, the conversation continued. They are. They've done it in California. They've done it in other states. They have uh, not instituted some, that policy. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Uh, they basically will say that, you know, if there's some type of like it, 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 they'll use like different ways to really have a, it's, have a it's wide extremely exception for it. 1.3% and in those circumstances are typically extremely emotional decisions. Well, no, I mean, I, 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 I don't say that that's the norm in terms of this, but I do think that the left in this country has moved on from a position that said, you know what, we do want to discourage abortion. It's not something that's a good thing to now viewing it more as a positive good for society. And I think most Americans, regardless of how they feel on legal protections, I don't think most Americans think it's a positive good for society. It's obviously a tragic circumstance. See, the whole answer gives it a lot more context, makes Ron DeSantis look a lot better. And this isn't about Ron DeSantis. This is about the media. Ron DeSantis's people should stop doing Look, I'm glad that he's going on the Today Show. Do it live. Do it live. Tell them you'll give them all the time that they want. Do it live. Don't give them this crap. We're going to edit it. If you want to do additional stuff, we're going to do 15 minutes on the Today Show, and then I'll give you another 15 minutes that you can post online. Fine. But only with the understanding that it is not to be edited and broadcast. You can broadcast clips from it as long as the entire thing is out there. But otherwise, everything that goes out there that people are going to see I want on television I want live because they're evil they're bad people or they're scared to death they are browbeat people who understand that if they step out of line if they cross the left if they displease the Rachel Maddows of the world there will be hell to pay there will be consequences professional consequences for them to play. I don't know. I assume Dasha Burns, since she's still working there, uh, is a committed leftist. But she was probably surprised. All she said was something innocuous. The guy can't really understand. It was something true. It was like, of course. And her own colleagues, her own network were like, how dare you say that? See, she, didn't, she was mistaken in thinking that NBC News and MSNBC were interested in um, accuracy and honesty. They are not. Nothing could be further from the truth. And so, lesson learned. She learned that lesson. Republicans need to learn that lesson too, that these people are not your friends. They are your enemies. Speaking of enemies, the Trump team, they had until five o'clock to file their response to Jack Smith's request for a protective order and sort of a gag order against Donald Trump. They didn't file it till like two minutes before. It's like really pushing it. I don't know what the hell. Like if you're paying lawyers millions of dollars, the second you need them, that should be everything. They're like, all right, there you go. We will get this done. We will do this. We will do it. All right, they want it by five o'clock. We'll get it to them at four o'clock. I'm one of those people who I hate being late. God, I hate being late. 
it bothers the hell out of me to be late. It, it bothers me and annoys me when people are late to meet with me. I get that it happens. Sometimes things just happen and you can't get around it. But there's nothing more. And I, I know some people, I've known a lot of people who like, oh yeah, we're going to come over at uh, three o'clock. And then uh, right around three o'clock, we'll be there. At three, and then 3.15, they're like, ah, we're not going to be, so-and-so's not feeling well. We're not going to be able to make it today. What, how, you live an hour away. How do you send a text message about you're not going to be able to make it 15 minutes after the time you were supposed to be here-ish when you're an hour away, meaning you would have left an hour earlier. So you knew that you were not going to come or you knew that somebody was not feeling well or whatever the lame excuse is. It drives me nuts. When I first started dating my wife, she was always, always late. Always. I'd go pick her up and we'd be meeting friends somewhere downtown and have drinks or whatever. And she would just like start getting ready at the time we needed to leave. And I would try to lie. Sometimes I would lie to her about the start time for things. And then eventually I'd just, because I'd get impatient. I finally said, all right, I'm not picking you up anymore. I'm just not picking you up anymore. You can meet me down there because I am not going to be late because if you want to be late, you can be an hour late. I don't care how late you are. I will not be late. It bothers me that I'm late. It bothers me that you make me late. It doesn't bother you that you're late. It doesn't have to bother you, but it bothers me. And so I will not come over here and pick you up anymore. You can take the subway down there and we'll just meet up there. I'll ride, drive you home, but I'm not going to pick you up. Suddenly, she began to realize once I started doing that, that I was serious. And then she would start to be on time. It's one of those things. Kind of works that way with people. You got to do it. But it just bothers the hell out of me. It just, it just does. So the lawyers finally filed it. We'll find out probably pretty soon what the decision is. This is a hack. Ju- I, I just did it. Or almost did it. This is an, uh, an Obama-appointed judge, I think, or whatever. It's gotten to the point that we're so sad and pathetic as a society that we are... The news reports say this is the, who the judge, this is who the judge was appointed by. And in many ways you can tell how the judge is going to rule on a lot of things based on who they were appointed by. You certainly can on the Supreme Court. There are Republicans, still conservative justices, who will side with the left on times. Kavanaugh will, sometimes Clarence Thomas will. It just depends on the issue and the argument or whatever. Sometimes they literally do side with the left. There is no real time, at least on any issues that matter, that you can think, well, Kagan bucked Sotomayor and Darth Vader Ginsburg, or because Katanji Brown Jackson is worthless and hasn't done anything and has barely been on the court to have it happen yet, but they they never buck the trend. You know exactly what they're going to do. The conservatives sometimes will will cross over and go, you know what, this argument is where I see where they're coming from, and I believe that they're right. There has never been a time that I'm aware of where in a major case where Sotomayor was like, you know what, Elena, you're on your own. 
It's just not the way the world works. So you have all these news reports about judge was appointed by this one and that one, and the media is going after the Florida judge and the documents case because she was appointed by Trump. And they're circling the wagons about this idiot in Washington, D.C. because she was appointed by Obama. It's weird how that works. Once the judicial system becomes a team sport like it is, it's game over. Or it's not far from game over. We're really getting to the point where we're going to get screwed by these people. But anyway, it still doesn't change the fact that they should have they should have had this motion ready. They should have been able to anticipate this motion. It was not a surprise. Donald Trump is going to tweet out stupid things that people are going to say are threats. And they're going to try to silence him. And you've got to be ready for it. And you've got to have a good argument. We'll see how good their argument was. We'll see what this judge has to say. But I don't have a lot of faith in this judge, sadly, because it is a team sport. All right. And I want to play you this thing to just illustrate once again how awful of a human being Joseph Robinette Biden is. The Republicans have had the family members who want to of the 13 servicemen and women who were killed in the retreat and evacuation of Afghanistan thanks to the Biden administration's absolute incompetence. They've been having them testify, giving them publicity, letting them tell their stories because the Biden administration has been ignoring them. How gross is it that the man responsible for their children's deaths went to one public event the greeting of the coffins in Dover, Delaware, and checked his watch constantly because he didn't want to be there. He didn't give a damn. He might not have even known what he was there for. So this is Cheryl Rex. Cheryl Rex is one of the mothers, a gold star mother. She's mother of Lance Corporal Dylan Marola. She gave her statement about Joe Biden, and it is absolutely disgusting. I don't think you need a reminder, but just in case you do, Bo Biden died of brain cancer at, uh, it was Bethesda Military Hospital. It was a hospital here in either D.C. or in Delaware. Um, years after his service in Iraq, He's talking to a grieving mother and listen to what this scumbag said. When Joe Biden, our elected president, entered the room, when he approached me, his words to me were, my my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster and I started shaking knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly, sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. After this encounter, I have never had any personal correspondence, nor has my son been honored or his name spoken by this commander in chief or his administration on what I feel is because of their failures and poor planning to exit our troops from Afghanistan. 
What a disgusting man. What a gross person. And the media will ignore this. It'll get play all over Fox, but the rest of the media will ignore this. That means that the million and a half to two million people who watch Fox during the day, they will, they will get this. They will see this. They will be disgusted. And they'll move on. The rest of the world will never know what Joe Biden is truly like. It's disgusting. Just, just gross. I don't know how you live with yourself if you're that man. Anyway, the lies, lies, lies upon lies upon lies upon. For years, he told people that his first wife and daughter died because a drunk driver hit them. Because drunk driving was all the rage. Oh, I was a victim of drunk driving too. The guy was not drunk. There's some evidence that the wife fell asleep and crossed the the road and got into the car accident. Doesn't matter. They all they ended up dead. But the man who survived was not drunk. His family finally had to threaten Joe Biden to go public if he didn't knock it off, and then eventually he knocked it off. Like I say, when absolutely every other option has been fully exercised, a Democrat will do the right thing, usually. That's all the time we have for today. I appreciate you listening. Download and share and tell and a friend and all that good stuff. Don't forget to enter the autographed book contest at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Have a great one. See you tomorrow.